Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing. All of my teams, 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 258. It's the end of the 2023 season. We've come to the end of the Dynasty season, and the regular season has ended now in the real NFL. And I hope that you enjoyed the ride and brought home some championships, or you just loaded up with a lot of draft picks. Maybe that's the way you went this year. I know I played in four championships last week. Uh, brought home the trophy in two of them. It was a good year, but it could have been so much better had Najee Harris not decided to have his highest scoring fantasy game since week 11 and making me lose one of my championships on my best team. Uh, lose by 1.5 points in the Super Bowl. Ugh. Hey, but I'll take it. Two championships in nine leagues is pretty good. I cashed in five of the nine dynasty leagues that I'm in and the ones that I didn't uh, place in. I compiled a lot of picks, and so I'm building back right in those leagues as well. Um, I also actually cashed in six of my 10 best ball leagues. It's pretty wild. I won first place in three. And so don't think of this as a humble brag. If you followed me for long, you know that last year was a terrible year for, for me. And I admitted it. Didn't win a single championship. And uh, this year, though, I'm happy to say it was a good year. And I won $700 this year. So cheers to 2023 season. Um, that said, it's now time to say farewell to 2023. Jump into off-season mode on the podcast and start to get ready for 2023. 24. But before we do that, to kind of put a bow on this year, I like to do my 2023 year-end awards. And so here's a couple of my year-end awards. Just give me a chance to talk about some players, maybe reflect on the year and think about players you might have had in your rosters and how uh, how awesome they were at various points. And so got a couple, I think eight awards here. First one will be Breakout Player of the Year. Breakout pair, Player of the Year. I have, have candidates of Kyron Williams, Rashad White, Nico Collins, and Trey McBride. All very worthy candidates. They all deserve an award like this for breaking out this year. You know, Trey McBride finally lived up to his hype and his draft capital, finishing as the tight end number nine. Most of that really just on what he did in the back half of the season. Rashad White scored 120 more fantasy points than he did his rookie season, finishing as the running back number five. He's definitely one of the players that I was most wrong about this season. I can't believe that he finishes the RB5. Nico Collins, uh, he was a player that I was actually higher on than most managers, but he even outperformed my expectation finishing as the 17th highest scoring wide receiver or the 14th highest scoring if you just go by average points per game. All great candidates, but I'm going to give the award. Uh, it has to go to Kyron Williams, who finished as a running back number four on the season, even after missing four games due to an injury. Uh, he was the number two running back in points per game, just 2.5 points per game behind Christian McCaffrey. Incredible. Uh, Williams was kind of a back of the roster guy that Dynasty rosters had, or if you're in a shallow league, you may have even been on the waiver wire in a, in a shallow dynasty league. But man, he just didn't do much of his rookie season. We all thought that Cam Akers was going to start ahead of him on the depth chart. But still, from game one of the season, the very first game, this was Kyron's backfield. Uh, dynasty managers with Williams on their rosters got a huge breakout and rode Williams into the playoffs for many and maybe a Super Bowl for many. What an incredible breakout season for Williams. He sure had a great one near the end of the season. Um, I actually traded Williams away to get Jonathan Taylor. I was confident at the time, but now I'm starting to have some regrets because, good grief, Kyron Williams had quite a year. He just kept it coming uh, more than anyone would have thought. He's the breakout player of the year. 
similar but a little bit different next award is the surprise player of the year surprise player of the year the candidates are jordan love brock purdy again kyron williams and again rashad white uh, williams and white like i already said they kind of deserve the the previous award too but uh when you've got quarterback number five and number six on the season jordan love and brock purdy uh, they were the biggest surprises in my eyes uh, purdy and love scored the exact amount of points per game 21.2 uh, purdy went from mr irrelevant to a fantasy superstar this season uh, winning the job ahead of Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. There was a lot of question about that at the end of last year, even going into the start of this year. But my goodness, he was a big surprise. Um, impressive as he was, though, I'm going to actually give this award to the one I was most surprised by personally would be Jordan Love. Love scored the second in the league in touchdown passes with 32, just behind Dak Prescott. He was seventh in the league in passing yards with 4,159. What's most amazing, he did, as he did this, was just a whole cast a first and second year pass catchers on his team. Their tight ends and their receivers are all first and second year guys. I was very pessimistic about Love's dynasty value and his ability to lead the Packers offense coming into the season. And that's why I actually invested a lot in Sean Clifford, his backup, because Clifford played so well during the preseason. I could not have been more wrong. If you followed me, you saw me at first kind of poo-poo in Love, but I've had to change my mind. Uh, thankfully, I've actually course corrected and I did trade for Love in one league. It's a pretty wild trade now that I look back at it. I, I gave away Tua Tug of Veola when he was kind of on fire. I gave away uh, Tua, Romeo Dobbs, and a fourth-round pick in, in return. I got Love, Zay Flowers, Luke Musgrave, and a first- and second-round pick. Crazy. This trade worked out pretty well for me. It's my only share of Love, and I'm glad that I have him. He was my most surprising player um, of the year, and I'm glad to have him on at least one roster. Next is a fun one. Uh, this is a hard one to pick, but Rookie of the Year. Rookie Player of the Year. Candidates being C.J. Stroud, Jameer Gibbs, Puka Nakua, Tank Dell, and Sam Laporta. Each of these rookies burst onto the scene uh, pretty incredibly. C.J. Stroud finishes the quarterback 11 as a rookie quarterback. and That's unbelievable. What a great season. He was actually ninth if you just go by points per game. He elevated the play of all the Texans' pass catchers. Can't wait to see what he does in the playoffs. He definitely elevated the play of one Tank Dell, who's also up for this award. Dell was the 11th highest scoring receiver in points per game. Would have definitely, I think, finished as a top 12 receiver had he not broken his leg in week 12. Then there's Jameer Gibbs. He was a little bit slower to break out on the, you know, break on the scene, uh, but he took over the Lions' backfield by midseason, ended the year as the ninth highest scoring running back. Even so, um, he's not the rookie of the year, even on his own team, because there's Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta uh, finished as the number one tight end. Unbelievable. As a rookie, the number one tight end, making him the top-ranked dynasty tight end. He moved all the way up to number one in my dynasty rankings now. Pretty incredible. Uh, the Rookie of the Year award definitely came down to Laporta and Puko Nakua, uh, but I'm going to give this prize to Nakua, who set the NFL record for most receptions and receiving yards by a rookie wide receiver. I know if you followed me during the offseason, you know that Nakua was one of my favorite sleepers in rookie drafts. I drafted him in five of my nine dynasty leagues. I only regret not being more aggressive in drafting him now. Uh, even though I was a believer, I would have never imagined that he could finish, you know, as a wide receiver number six at the end of the season and even really could say, at least for this season, surpass Cooper Cup as a wide receiver one. Man, a fifth round pick rarely, rarely, NFL fifth round pick rarely, rarely becomes the rookie of the year. But I think he has this season and I, think, I believe he's going to win the NFL rookie of the year award, um, the NFL rookie of the year award too. Next candidate is the veteran player of the year. My candidates for this award are Baker Mayfield, Joe Mixon, <clears throat> Mike Evans, and Devontae Adams. Uh, Joe Mixon finished 
his seventh season in the NFL by scoring the seventh highest number of points for a running back. And he did so really quietly this year. His seventh-ranked finish was not based on something like he did last year when he had that five-touchdown game that kind of inflated his stats. Now, this year he was actually slow and steady running back. He was definitely on one of my rosters, started every week in one of my championship teams. Devontae Adams, for him, his production was definitely more up and down from week to week, but he finished the season as a number 13 wide receiver while catching passes, you know, mostly from rookie Aiden O'Connell, so pretty crazy. And then we've got the veteran duo, Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. They stole the show this year. Uh, Mayfield was actually battling for a starting position at the start of the season, and then he finished the season as quarterback number 10. Uh, pretty incredible, for real. And it was Mayfield who actually contributed to who I'm going to give this award to. Mayfield elevated the play of my veteran of the year, Mike Evans. Evans played out the last year of his contract and finished as a wide receiver number four. Unbelievable. Scoring 13 fewer points than his most productive year of his whole career. So pretty crazy. Uh, he and Tyree Kill led the league with 13 touchdown catches. Uh, Evans, you know, has a Hall of Fame-worthy career already with 10 straight 1,000-yard season. He's a beast, uh, showing no signs of slowing down. Uh, I saw him at the end of uh, at the end of the season this year by, get traded away by a lot of rebuilding teams and just wanted to capitalize on it. On it, I only have uh, Evans in one league, but he's the type of player I don't want to trade. I just want to keep riding him until the end of his career. Of his career, I'm definitely fine with that. Then we've got uh, the next award, the bounce back player of the year. Candidates here are Brees Hall, uh, DeAndre Swift, Saquon Barkley, and Calvin Ridley. Uh, DeAndre Swift was traded to the Eagles, if you remember, during the NFL draft, and he surprisingly did become the Eagles' lead back, leading to his most productive fantasy season of his career. Uh, he started a lot hotter than he finished, but he did end up finishing as a 17th-ranked uh, running back and kind of boosted his dynasty value back up. He's in a contract year, so we're going to see if the Eagles bring him back or what's going to happen with him. Then there's Barkley. He returned from his injury-ridden year last year and finished just ahead of Swift, actually running back number 16, even though he missed some time too. Uh, he was definitely the offense's focal point, which kept his production running high, even though it is a very unproductive offense overall. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him too. His contract is up. I'd love to see him sign with a team that has a better quarterback and a better offense the next season. I think he's still got some juice. Then there's Ridley, who definitely returned from the longest time away, a year-long suspension, and the injury-plagued year before that was traded to the Jaguars, and we took a chance on him, but this 29-year-old did well in his season, uh, finishing as the wide receiver number 24. He was definitely pretty hard to rely on because he was up and down. He'd have really good weeks or sometimes bad weeks, um, but he played much better than expected, and given his nearly two years away, he's definitely a worthy candidate for the Bounce Back Player of the Year award, but I'm going to give the award to Brees Hall, who finished the season as running back number six, even while splitting carries at the beginning of the season. But once the Jets finally let him carry the load, he returned to his rookie year form and proved that he is a top five dynasty running back again. Man, if Aaron Rodgers comes back and the Jets have a more capable offense next season, uh, the sky's going to be the limit, and Hall is right back on track to be a top tier tight end. Mounts back. Next award is the uh, called the in-season waiver wire player of the year award, meaning that not necessarily a great waiver wire move from a dynasty perspective, but one that helped you this year. And the candidates for that are Joe Flacco, Gardner Minshew, Josh Dobbs, and Greg Dortch. Josh Dobbs definitely helped fantasy managers early in the season. I know I started him pretty early in the season when he was starting with Arizona, uh, but then he was traded to Minnesota, had one or two good games, and ultimately got benched. He was definitely a help to start, 
He's you know going to be a career backup. I think he's going to be backup the rest of his career. Then you've got Gardner Minshew. He helped Donnie's managers uh, much further down in the league. I mean, in this season, uh, just because he became the starter so quickly after Anthony Richardson was ruled out for the year. I think he's going to have a chance to start for a team next year. At the same time, this rookie quarterback class is pretty strong and big enough maybe to kind of keep Minshew as a career backup, depending on uh, where he gets, who signs him, and uh, if they bring in any rookies to compete for him with him. Then there's Greg Dortch. Uh, what a great late addition to rosters. I know I started him in one of my teams that won a Super Bowl. He was in my starting lineup in the Super Bowl with Marquise Brown injured. Dortch provided a really safe floor, particularly in PPR leagues, where he contributed in the fantasy playoffs for teams. But the award, we all know who it has to go to. The in-season waiver wire of the year award goes to Joe Flacco, who averaged the third most fantasy points per game this year after becoming the Browns' starter in week number 13. Unbelievable. Uh, he even roasted the Jets' top-ranked defense in the fantasy playoffs, and his incredible end-of-season runs really going to uh, keep him in Cleveland, I think, or is he at least going to give him some opportunities to play next year as a backup at least, if not maybe compete for a starter. It kind of really depends what happens in the NFL playoffs now that he's in the playoffs. Pretty ridiculous. Not a great dynasty move, but man, if you added Flacco at the end of the season and just rode, rode, it, <laughs> rode him you know, into the playoffs, you likely uh, won a Super Bowl. Pretty incredible. Now, similar, we've got the Dynasty Waiver Wire Player of the Year from a Dynasty perspective. And I know we all have different waiver wires, but these are players that I listed during the year as ones that I suggested uh, in the podcast for players for you to pick up in Dynasty Leagues. Remember, I play in leagues that have a roster at least 300 players on the roster. Some of them have almost up to 400 players roster. And these are some players that were available this, this uh, year. Candidates for the Dynasty Waiver Wire Player of the Year are Dontavian Wicks, Andre Yosevas. Demario Douglas, and A.T. Perry. Well, Wicks stepped right into a starting role. He was really helped by Christian Watson, you know, being injured, and he took advantage of this opportunity, completing, you know, really complicating the receiving room in Green Bay for the future. And the Packers are just loaded with young talent. Uh, Jaden Reed is the player with the highest dynasty value and I think the most secure role with the team. But Wicks could really battle Dotson and Dobbs for the wide receiver two role next year. Uh, he played really well. It was a good pickup. Next would be Yosevas. Uh, he came on the scene very late in the season, but he really established himself, I think, as the next man up in Cincinnati by the end of the season, especially week 17. It wasn't a fantasy week, but at week 17, when the backups were in, he scored 18 fantasy points, got two touchdowns on Sunday. Uh, T, here's the reason why. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd's contracts are up, and then the Bengals have to pay Jamar Chase this year, too. So I really think Yosevas is likely to become the wide receiver, too, in Cincinnati next season. Uh, he was my most added player off the waiver wire near the end of the season. I added him in a lot of my leagues and got outbid um, by, by someone in one league, too. Then there's A.T. Perry. Uh, he ended the season well, too, earning a little bit more active role with the Saints offense, scoring two touchdowns in the last game of the season. That's pretty impressive. Uh, he could become the wide receiver, too, for the Saints next year behind Chris Olave. Uh, Rashid, I think he's just got a really set role where I think A.T. Perry could really become uh, a starter opposite of Chris Olave next year. All those are great candidates, but I'm going to just give a slight lean. It's a pretty tough call here and give the award to Demario Douglas. Uh, he became the Patriots' top target by midway through the season. Uh, he averaged almost seven targets, almost seven, something like 6.7 targets per game after week seven. Uh, the Patriots' wide receiver room, of course, is pretty bare right now. Uh, really just giving him the chance to remain the team's top target next season. And most likely, he's going to have a new rookie quarterback throwing in the ball. So that's great. I know I added Douglas to my roster in several leagues early in the season this year. 
uh, particularly my leagues where I'm in rebuild, rebuild mode. And so I'm eager to see what he becomes after a pretty decent uh, first year. That's my Dynasty Waiver Wire Player of the Year. And now finally, drum roll for the most valuable player of the year. Candidates here are Christian McCaffrey, Kyron Williams, CeeDee Lamb, and Tyree Kill. CeeDee Lamb and Tyree Kill finished as the number one and number two highest scoring wide receivers in the league. Uh, Lamb had the most points because he never was injured, but Hill was injured some games, so he actually finished with the most points per game. I know I was fortunate to have each of them, my two teams that won a Super Bowl. Uh, one had Tyreek Hill and one had CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb definitely carried teams in that Super Bowl week. Uh, both were MVPs of their teams. Then there's Kyron Williams. Um, he was definitely the player. Could, could see him as the MVP too, but I already gave him the breakout award. But we all know that he was outscored by one Christian McCaffrey by 102 points. Ridiculous. The difference between McCaffrey and Williams was 102 points. So that makes McCaffrey this year's most valuable player. It's doubtful that anyone who had McCaffrey on their team missed the playoffs. They all made the playoffs. He was the most productive player in fantasy this season, scoring double digits in every game and more than 20 points in 10 of the 16 games. Unreal. It's unfortunate that his worst game of the season was in the Fantasy Super Bowl two weeks ago. That was pretty brutal. He only scored 11 points. But you can't complain when he carried you throughout the season and got you where he got. Um, hopefully, those of you who had him on rosters that made it to the Super Bowl, hopefully his worst performance of 11 points didn't sink your day. Um, but he's still, by far, the most valuable player of the season, even at his age. All right. Well, I'm really looking forward to getting into off-season mode. Off-season mode is going to give us a chance to start talking about these prospects that are coming out. I do a lot of review from the previous season and try to make some points and learn some, learn from my own mistakes. And so keep following during the off-season. I, I provide some pretty good content for the off-season just to keep you aware and knowledgeable and growing as a dynasty manager. All right, that's a wrap. That's a wrap this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. As always, make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. Much better on email than Twitter, so uh, email is the best way to get in touch with me. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me, too. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.